Mary or any one of you. And God says to you, pack up all of your belongings and leave your home. I'm not providing you a roadmap. You're just going to start traveling and I'll tell you which way to go and when to turn right and when to turn left and when to stop and when to continue going. And when you get to your final destination, I'll let you know when you get there. No, I'm not telling you ahead of time where you're going. This is what God said to Abraham in the book of Genesis. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. God called him to leave what was familiar. God called him to leave his security. God called him to leave just about everyone that he knew. What goes through your mind as God calls you? We have to wonder for Abraham if the third, first thing that went through his mind is, who is this that's calling me? That could have been Abraham's first reaction. I mean, we need to look at the culture. Abraham is a descendant of Sham, one of the sons of Noah. Hundreds of years have now passed between Shem having his first son and Abraham being born. It's been almost 10, 10 generations. The Bible is completely silent, except for a little bit of genealogy, on what happens to Noah's descendants after the Tower of Babel. For after the Tower of Babel, we begin the story of Abraham. Abraham, go and leave your home. What we do know that at this time, there isn't a Jewish nation. There isn't any Israel. There isn't any Israelites yet. That hasn't happened. There's just Abraham. What we do know is Abraham must have known something of God. We're not sure how much. We're not sure how Abraham worshipped God because there's nothing in Scripture. I mean, in actuality, Abram comes from a part of the world at this time that we call Canaan, that is inhabited by the Chaldeans and is a completely pagan area, which means that they don't necessarily believe and hold claim to the one true almighty God with the big G, they believe in a lot of little gods with little G's. A God for your wine, a God for your crops, a, wine, a God for this and a God for that. But I can imagine that when Abraham heard God say, pack up your belongings and go, as it would for you if God called you and said, pack up your belongings and go, there'd be some chaos. What am I going to take? What do I pack up? For Abraham, there was also the idea, okay, pack up everything I own and travel. So Abraham and his wife, Sarah, did exactly that. They packed up their belongings. They begin to travel. 
And the only family member they take with them besides their servants is their nephew, Lot. Lot goes with them. But if we go back to God calling you, and you're thinking about what do I take, what do you pack? Think of your home. Just let your head drift to your house and all your stuff. What is so important in that house, in that property of yours, that it has to be packed? What you even go back to look for time after time to even make sure that it actually is still in the bag and that you didn't forget to pack it? What do you consider to be your treasure that you can't leave without it? And this isn't a credit card commercial. (laughs) What is most precious to you? When Abram and Sari left, they took Lot. So we can get a little bit of an idea that family might be really important to them. I mean, at this time, Abram and Sari haven't had any children yet. Children aren't in the picture yet. They haven't gotten to that old age yet where Sarah laughs and eventually has a child. Or that Abraham gets his wife's handmaiden pregnant and he has a son. That hasn't happened yet. But they're leaving their family, but they take Lot. Lot must have been important to them. Family must have been important to them. Maybe not their complete treasure, but Lot was Abram's heir. Lot would be the future of Abram's family since he did not have children. What is your treasure? And where is it? And I don't ask this question flippantly or irreverently or casually. This is a very important question for each of us to answer about ourselves. What is our treasure? For in answering that question, it indicates what is of priority for you. It identifies what is most important to you, the individual. Hebrews tells us that by faith, Abraham moved to a foreign land. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So maybe Lot wasn't the number one treasure in Abram's life. Maybe it was God and looking heavenly to the city that God would eventually build. That sounds where Abram's true treasure lied for him, is in with God. But again, what is your treasure and where do you keep it? If your treasure is of the world, according to our gospel, then your heart is of the world. If your treasure is of God, that is where your heart will be found, looking towards the heavenly. Many of us have heard the saying over time, put your money where your mouth is. Meaning, if you truly believe in something, if something is truly important to you, You invest yourself in it. You invest your money in it. You invest your time in it. 
I know, and your mailbox probably looks no different than mine, or your email, but if you're anything like our mailbox, weekly, you get a letter from someone, send us your money, help support A, B, C, D, all the way down to X, Y, Z. I think I get more of these kind of junk mail than any other kind of mail. Darlene and I keep a paper bag in the kitchen just so we can throw all the junk mail in it and recycle the paper. And we know that we can't possibly, and neither can you, give to every single one of those that come into your home. There's just no way. At least those of you I know that there's no way you can support every endeavor that comes through your mailbox. So instead, we have to pick those things that are truly important to us. We have to pick those things that align with our treasure. We pick those things that speak to our heart and where our heart is, where our treasure is. For Darlene and I, of course, that means us giving to church, being obedient to God. Darlene and I have lived our lives so that the number one treasure in our lives is God and looking to storing up our treasures in heaven as spoken of in the Gospels. Therefore, we live with our treasures building up in heaven and not on earth. If I was living with my treasures on earth, I'd have an air-conditioned house not an air-vented window house. Thank goodness it's starting to cool off. I know you might not feel that way, but I know that at 2 o'clock in the morning it's starting to cool off. Amen. Darlene and I have chosen to live our lives as believers in Christ. Therefore, we live building up our treasure in heaven. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't planned for the future, as I spoke of last week. And yes, there are things that are important to us in our home that if we were to leave, we'd want to make sure they were packed, but they're not the most important things. Mm -hmm. For us, it means that the most important thing is to build up our treasures, which can neither be stolen nor corrupted Mm. by the earth. Therefore, we live in obedience to God who calls us to tithe and bring the full tithe into the storehouse, as said in the book of Micah, and in our culture today, our storehouse is our church. I truly believe that if anyone was to borrow my checkbook, no, there's not a lot of money in it right now, I just paid the bills, but you would quickly see where our treasures lie. For after each payday, the first entry is our tithe. But what about you? probably tired of hearing about me. Where do you invest your time? Where do you invest your money? Are you nurturing your treasure? Again, Jesus tells us through the Gospel of Luke, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Is your treasure stored up here on earth or is it in heaven? Is God a priority in your life Because God is your treasure, because a heavenly future is part of that treasure. 
and are you adding to that treasure through your support of God's kingdom on this earth? Are you supporting of the work of the God through the church? Are you supporting the place that you call your church home? Are you obedient to the call that God has given to you? You know, as educated, mature people, and I consider us all in this room educated, mature people, I'm not qualifying any of those things, but we as mature, educated people can reevaluate our lives at any time without someone telling us to do it, without wondering if we can do it, because we do it all the time and we just don't realize what we're doing is evaluating. Is this job right for me? Am I able to serve God fully while taking on this job? Or has this job become all-consuming that I've kind of put God on the back burner? Is the person I'm hanging around with a positive influence on my life? Or are they leading me away from God? Does the person I hang with reinforce the ethics that I am trying to live in my life so that when someone looks at me and sees the things I'm doing, they can say there's something different about that person. They're not living earthly. Or is that person trying to get you to live earthly? And again, what is my treasure? What is most important to me? What am I storing up? These are the questions we need to ask ourselves, each one of us. Does that have to be right now? No. But there should be a time where we look at our lives in relationship to God. If God is truly important to you, if God is truly where your heaven and your treasures are, What are you doing to make sure the treasures get to heaven? What are you doing to make sure you're storing treasures in heaven and not here on earth? And is God important enough to you for you to make the point of being obedient to God throughout your life? Church, remember, where your treasures are there is where your heart will be. Church, follow your heart. Follow your heart.